On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get started, I need to thank the wonderful backers of my podcast. Sending love and gratitude to Crystal Carroll. Terry Smith, A.K. Music Talks, Stephen Malio, Aunt Mary, Dale Hozek, Captain America, John Munson, the wonderful Belly, my favorite contributor on my other podcast, Holly Mack, the Betsy Hodges, Chris Bloom, Andrew Goddard, and of course, the wonderful Anna Lynn. If you want to support the podcast by kicking a few coins toward our cost, Go to Set Lusting Brews Patreon and sign up for whatever level you feel comfortable supporting. Be the first to hear about upcoming episodes, hear unedited episodes of the podcast, and of course, every patron gets a handwritten thank you note and a Set Lusting Brews sticker sent to them, which based on my handwriting may not be that great of a benefit. Now, on to the show. When I got older and was riding my motorcycle, I found that pretty much any time that I was out on the bike, I would, I would kind of go, you know, riding to uh, some of the places that maybe most people would notice or see, but maybe just not go on a regular basis. Um, uh, more urban exploration, if you will, um, sure. taking photos and that sort of thing, and really highlighting those locations on my social media sites. Like I said, about 15 years ago, uh, I was approached by uh, by a guy who was a member of a team, and he had seen my background in photography. And so he asked if I if I wouldn't mind going and and looking at some different photos that they had taken on some of their different investigations to see if I could debunk them. And so um, one photo turned into two, two turned into five, and five turned into you know about 40 photos. And that turned into an investigation. Um, they invited me to, to go and experience it for myself. And pretty much after that, uh, I, I, was, I was bit by the bug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, but we are getting off the Bruce train, though I'm sure he will come up, and we're going to go a little bit of history, a little bit of haunts, and a lot of highways. I have Miranda Young joining me today. Miranda, welcome to the podcast. Jesse, thank you so much for having me tonight. I am so excited visiting with you. You and I both were guests on uh, April's uh, travel show, and I just thought you were just charming and just wonderful. And I immediately said, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And you were nice enough to say yes. So thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. I am I am truly honored to be here. I, I like you. I really enjoyed being on that podcast. And, uh, you know, when I found out 
that, you know, you do a music podcast and, and you invited me to join. I was just so excited. So, so thank you so much for inviting me. No problem. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, uh, so my name is Miranda Young and, uh, I'm actually better known as the ghost biker. Uh, I travel around the country on my motorcycle to different haunted and historic locations. And I highlight them on my web series, ghost biker explorations. Um, I've been uh, doing that. We're actually rolling into our fifth season, but I've been a paranormal investigator for just under 15 years now. And so by, by doing this, I've got, uh, I've got my show that I release each year as well as, um, every Thursday night, I do a live stream, which is a shop talk live from the ghost biker garage, where we talk about different people who are doing things in the paranormal and, uh, history, um, you know, in, in those, uh, in those fields, we talk to different authors, different, um, producers, different people who are actually doing things. And then, um, and then also I, and I ended up partnering with my best friend who is with uh, Soul Sisters Paranormal. We partnered together back in 2021 and created the business History Highways and Haunts, where we go to uh, different locations and we work with historic preservation as well as set up paranormal research centers. And so currently our office is located in uh, the historic Scott County Jail, where we've been open for about six months now. And we have uh, general daytime tours where we do paranormal and, uh, or excuse me, where we do true crime as well as um, different local history there in uh, Scott County and in Huntsville. And then in the evenings, we have a paranormal research center set up there. Yeah, you were telling me, right, like the jail is haunted and it that is. it and that you it's it's an actual jail and you guys have set up the museum. It sounds like such a great place to visit. And and then I, we talked a little bit about uh, you guys are going on a road trip to Kentucky and uh, and I told you about be sure and check out, you know, the Buffalo Trace Distillery because they mm -hmm. do a ghost tour at night. And so they talk about all the ghost stories and stuff around all that making of bourbon. Yes, yes. I'm actually uh, actually hosting an event in September, September 10th, and that's going to be a, a haunted uh, motorcycle ride with Ghost Biker Explorations. And it's going to start in, I believe we're still finalizing the route, but it's going to be going through the um the bourbon trail and then it's going to end at the um octagon hall uh, civil war museum house and so it will be a meet and greet there and then also will end with a vip ghost hunt of uh, the octagon hall that just sounds so much fun all right so i have so many questions to ask but we're going to start out i always like to start at the beginning so talk about where did you grow up and what kind of music did your family listen to Okay. So, so I grew up in the mountains of East Tennessee, Northeast Tennessee to be exact. And so, um, being in East Tennessee, we have such a wide taste of music here, you know, being in the, uh, um, essentially the country music capital of the world here. But um, my family actually had quite a, a wide and diverse taste. You know, my mom really uh, listened to a lot of the, the 60s music as well as kind of, you know, kind of the... Um, Motown uh, kind of doo-wop type music. And then uh, my dad was more the old, the old rock as well as uh, bluegrass and some of the real classic country, 
you know, Johnny Cash and um, uh, Hank Williams, those type, he was, he was really into that. And so I really grew up with them with just really just a wide, wide array of music. Yeah. uh, I, New Orleans certainly has a wonderful musical history and, and I, I'm a Mm -hmm. big fan of that, but uh, two years ago before the pandemic, um, I was starting a new job in February. And so at the end of January, Linda and I did a quick trip to Memphis Mm -hmm. and was amazed. You know, we had been Nashville and we know all that, but the amount of music history in Memphis, uh, tell you what, Tennessee, it would be hard to if they are not the most musical state in the country they're in the discussion i yes. mean it is just i mean when you think about the birth of rock and roll with memphis the you know mm-hmm. stacks records to say nothing of elvis's birthplace mm-hmm. then when you throw in nashville and, and the country music and all that uh tennessee's got a lot of lot to be proud of they really do. And then just being uh, when you go on to the southeast side, you know, you're so close to Atlanta and, you know, that whole southern rock side yeah. from there, as well as, you know, the rap and stuff that comes out of uh, the the Atlanta area. It's yeah. really just amazing just how wide of a array that that music is. And um, I think that's why, you know, I don't think I've ever found a genre of music that I didn't like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, um, I mean, pretty much all day, every day, I've got some type of music going. And, uh, you know, when we talk about like some of our, you know, favorite bucket list locations and that sort of thing, people will always ask, you know, where, where do you want, you know, if you could visit any type of haunted location and highlight that on your show, where would you like to go? And you know, you mentioned Memphis and for me, the Mississippi blues trail would have to be probably, uh, one of my bucket list locations to just ride highlight and talk about some of the haunted locations as well as be able to incorporate that music starting there in Memphis and heading on down to new Orleans. Miranda, how did you both, how did you become in love with using your motorcycle and and that mode of transportation and then how did you get the bug of this you know paranormal you know haunted this this whole you know passion of yours on there how did how did both of those happen so it was really just kind of a natural fit to uh, be be able to combine these two passions. I've always loved motorcycles and always wanted to ride. I didn't start riding until I was a little bit older, until I was 29 was when I got my first motorcycle and started riding. And I've pretty much been on it ever since. My family, they weren't motorcycle riders and they were a little bit unsure whenever I had said I wanted to to finally do it because I wanted to ride forever and uh, you know I went out I took the uh, safety course and so I uh, got my license and then was pretty much on the back anytime and every time I had the opportunity you know as far as the paranormal I've always been interested in that as well um, I, I grew up down at my, uh, my my grandmother lived next door to me and so she grew up in the Appalachian Mountains and she was constantly sharing stories about mountain haints and uh, old folklore and really just kind of sharing stories 
about the history and I guess goes to the past. And so um, I spent a lot of time pretty much about every evening I was down there listening to these stories and taking them in. And, uh, and then my dad as well, my dad would take me pretty much every weekend, we would end up going uh, back roads riding in his in his car. And he would tell me different stories about how you know, the the towns used to be because we've got some areas here in East Tennessee that I mean, pretty much now there's not much there other than a house or two. But back in the early 1900s, they were they were boom towns because of uh, the coal and the timber booms. And so essentially he was sharing those stories about the ghosts of the past. And so I really grew up hearing all of that and really just falling in love with it. And so when I got older and was riding my motorcycle, I found that pretty much any time that I was out on the bike, I would, I would kind of go, you know, riding to uh, some of the places that maybe most people would notice or see, but maybe just not go on a regular basis. Um, really just kind of more, uh, maybe more, uh, more urban exploration, if you will, um, taking photos and that sort of thing. And really highlighting those locations on my social media sides. Like I said, about 15 years ago, uh, I was approached by, uh, by a guy who was a member of a team and he had seen my background in photography. And so he asked if I, if I wouldn't mind going and, and looking at some different photos that they had taken on some of their different investigations to see if I could debunk them. And so um, one photo turned into two, two turned into five and five turned into, you know, about 40 photos. And that turned into an investigation. Um, they invited me to, to go and experience it for myself. And pretty much after that, uh, I, I was I was bit by the bug. And so I uh, went on a couple more investigations. I was invited to join the team and um, really got into the paranormal that way uh, by, you know, doing their photo analysis as well as producing their videos and then also just investigating. And so, um, as I'd mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, when, when I was not investigating with the team, I was always out on my motorcycle doing urban exploration. And so this went on for, um, for probably about 10 years. And I found that I was actually going out a whole lot more on my own. And I got to thinking, you know, why not, why not combine these two passions Mm -hmm. since I'm going out and doing it anyways, why not combine the passions and document it through video? Yeah. And so, uh, I really kind of stepped back and, um, you know, my, my background is in photography and marketing. And so I thought, you know, rather than just going to a location and putting it out there, why don't I actually put a brand together mm-hmm. and, um, you know, release these episodes more of a season and film it in a sort of way that puts the audience into the location with me rather than just kind of saying, here's the location, here's the evidence I captured. Why don't you come along with me? Kind of more vlog style. And so, um, so I sat down and I really put a lot of thought into it. And that's when I ended up coming up with uh, Ghost Biker Explorations. And it actually took off really quick. After the first season, we were rolling right into the second. And um, I mean, it was just nonstop at that point. And, um, you know, I had locations contacting me, wanting me to investigate their locations and do videos there. Harley Davidson reached out wanting to do different events um, because it was just a unique enough niche to where. It was like, you know, 
every town has that story and yeah. it's not necessarily about the location, but the destination to get there. And mm-hmm. so really being able to combine the travel, combine the, um, the history as well as the paranormal, it, it really just fit really well and created a really unique opportunity. You know, it's just kind of fun. It's very cool that, you know, something that you're passionate about, you know, you've, you've been able to, you know, make it a paying gig. And, and that's just, mm-hmm. I, I admire that so much because it, it is hard to do. Mm-hmm. And so good job. Well, thank you. Yeah. I would have never, you know, I'd have never thought in the beginning, you know, that something that was a hobby, you know, or two hobbies that I really enjoyed with the paranormal as well as yeah. the, uh, the motorcycling that I would be able to turn it into that. And mm-hmm. I do believe that if it were not for starting ghost biker, I know I wouldn't have met my business partner and we wouldn't have, you know, had that opportunity, all these opportunities. It's been really cool to see them all work together to grow into what it is today. And so, um, I left the corporate environment in, uh, 2020 and, um, have been able to do this full time and be able to do, you know, historic preservation as well as, you know, setting up the paranormal research center and being able to do uh, experiments and stuff that, you know, other investigators are able to participate in to, you know, do, do things that we've not seen other locations do has been just, like I said, a dream come true. And, um, you know, I would have, if you had asked me that five years ago, I would have thought, mm, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it really is a cool thing. Do you, um, where do you think you're going to go next? Our goal with History Highways and Haunts is to be able to really help these locations, you know, these towns and these locations that may have a, a, a building that's sitting there that doesn't have a use uh, or, you know, that's um, been closed for quite some time to really show them how they can do what we've done to yeah. help with marketing, to help with setting up either a museum or a paranormal research center. That's kind of the goal um, because we've actually grown quite rapidly since we've been open at the jail since September. Um, you know, this has gone places that, that we didn't think it would go as quick as it's going. And, um, you know, kind of the story behind the jail is the fact, you know, it it was in operation from 1904 and until 2008. And when it closed in 2008, it sat vacant up until we ended up taking it over in 2021. The town had gotten a tourism grant in 2017 to go in, kind of freshen it up, put the windows in, put put a heating and air system in it. Um, Mm -hmm. But they still didn't know what they were going to do with it. And so in talking to the mayor today, he'll tell you that, you know, he knew he wanted to do something special with it, but he really didn't quite know what. And so whenever um, my, my business partner and I approached the town and told him, he said he instantly knew at that point, he said he could see it through our passion, but also the vision was just very clear that of what we were wanting to do. And so, you know, I think that that's kind of the situation in a lot of these places. You have these hidden gems that are just, you know, just sitting there. Um, you know, maybe, you know, we were able to take the burden off of the taxpayers because they were paying the um, taxes on this building that was just sitting there. 
and uh, take that and be able to, you know, turn it into to revenue for, for the um, town, as well as taking that burden off. So I think that by showing that to the community, you know, it, it kind of puts something out there that, that maybe they hadn't thought of. So the goal is to go in and to maybe get a couple more of those buildings under our belt in the future and really be able to help with the preservation and uh, help, you know, the towns bring in those tourism dollars. Well, I, I'm going to get to music, I promise, listeners, but I'm fascinated <laughs> by this story. So, Miranda, what is the question or statement you get that makes you roll your eyes? Um, because, like, for me, as someone who does a Bruce Springsteen podcast, you mm-hmm. know, I get a lot of that guy. What? What <laughs> does he still even make music anymore? You know, or, uh, you know, uh, you can't understand anything he says, you know. <laughs> Uh, so what are some, a couple of the statements that you just kind of roll your eyes and go, well, okay, whatever. You know, that's a very good question. Um, we we find a lot in, in doing what we do that, uh, you know, there's a misconception about the paranormal. You okay. know, a lot of times people think that when you go into these buildings, that there's a darker side to things, um, yeah. that, uh, you know, you're messing with something you shouldn't. The people that we're working with and from what we've been doing over the last little bit between myself and my business partner, we've got over 25 years of experience in this. My business partner, she is she is a doctor. Um, her background is in um, criminal justice. And, uh, you know, so we're, you know, a lot of times when people look at that, they just don't understand what the paranormal is. So it's been sort of a reeducation of how it's paranormal research and what we're doing, like the, the steps and stuff, you know, cause usually when you say you do that, they'll look at you like you got three heads. And, yeah. um, so that's probably the one thing. I mean, the main thing is that people, you know, think you're coming in and you're conjuring, you're messing with the demonic, not all these entities are demonic. It's really quite, quite rare. Um, you know, so that's probably the biggest question, you know, is really just what we're doing. Because yeah. a lot of people, if they're not in it, they don't always understand. And TV has not really done the best. Um, they've kind of done a disservice to um, to the, the paranormal community in showing certain things with, you know, um, ghost hunters, ghost adventures. Yeah. You know, so we're trying to really kind of change that stigma that some of the paranormal has, especially here in uh, the more southern Bible Belt areas yeah Yeah, absolutely i can imagine that that is that's honest that's that's so cool i I just appreciate it and i i I love the idea that you've just kind of wrapped up you know your passions and 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 are doing positive things about it that um the the history is there whether you Mm -hmm. embrace the paranormal or not the history is there and it just goes away right if you don't take care of it and and i know that when lynn and i visit we'll go you know sightseeing and Mm -hmm. you know museums and other places we just adore uh Mm -hmm. to hear that history and um i she did roll her eyes at me when um we went to we're at Frankfort, Kentucky, there is uh, my old Kentucky home, mm-hmm. which uh, is um, he he never lived there, but he would visit there. And that was the house he talked about, uh, Stephen Foster, when he wrote that song. Um, and so 
it's there the people giving the tour are in period costumes and as you go through there's multiple drawings of people that were in their casket right that was Mm -hmm. something they did back then and Mm -hmm. I looked at my wife like this is a supernatural episode just waiting to happen (laughs) right and she just looked at me and hit me right like you know I'm like I'm just saying (laughs) Dean and Sam are coming over Um, (laughs) that's right which probably is not very good it's definitely fiction right it's just so yeah it does not put you guys necessarily in the best thing but uh, I just love that history and the the idea that you've been able to throw that in and throwing it also with you know um, we talked about on the podcast easy rider was one of the Mm -hmm. you know a something so you Mm -hmm. you know the idea of hitting the road the, the wind in your face you know and and just music so let's move into um, as you're growing up, you know, you're hitting your teenage years, you know, did you, did you rebel against your parents' music? Did you just it, it keep that and find, you know, add stuff to yourself? But talk about your musical journey, Miranda. Sure, sure. So, you know, I don't think I ever actually rebelled against it. Um, my brother was three years older than me. And so, um, you know, he played a huge role in the music that, that I really enjoyed. I honestly, I think my first album I ever got was, um, Elvis Presley's greatest hits. And that was when I was five years old. Um, my parents were teachers. And so, um, in the summertime, we would load up into the family van and we would take off across the country and we would usually be on the road for a week or two weeks going to different places. And they always had us stop at the different, the different spots, you know, um, mm-hmm. along the, along the trip, we were always stopping about four or five places each day. And so Elvis Presley's house was one of them that we stopped at on the way to the Grand Canyon. And so I just really fell in love with you know, watching him, watching, uh, his style. And then very quickly after that, I really kind of started copying a lot of my brother's tastes. You know, he was, uh, I was born in 1980. So that would have been in, uh, 1985. And, um, you know, that was kind of at the height between 85 and 87 was kind of the height of, you know, the, the sunset strip hair metal band music. And so I absolutely fell in love with Def Leppard and Guns N' Roses, Skid Row, the power ballads. And um, while Elvis Presley was my first cassette, I became obsessed with Def Leppard. And so um, started getting, I got hysteria there in 87 and was wore that cassette out and uh and then quickly at that point i went back and and purchased um you know all of their older stuff and so um really followed the uh the hair hair metal genre up until um until it really kind of started to fade away when grunge came in yeah and uh but i still i still went back still went back to that 70s 80s um, the hair metal blues, those would have to be my all time favorite genres of music that, that I still, even today, you know, whenever, whenever I'm, uh, in my car, that's usually what I go for. You know, Miranda, I, you have hit across a common theme on this podcast, um, siblings, siblings play an important part in this. Um, it's very rare, 
um, I have an only child on the podcast. And so you're either the older sibling and therefore you are the one influencing your younger siblings or you're a younger sibling and either and they influenced you either on the positive side where you loved their music or sometimes the younger sibling rebels and like would go through a totally different kind of music like oh no you know hip-hop was my older brother's music so I got into grunge or you know you know Uh uh-huh he loved classic rock so I had to you know I I went out and you know and I found the blues so uh yeah that you are it is a story often told. So I, I think that I, I often think of the, that movie, um, you know, uh, almost famous where mm-hmm. his, his sister leaves him the albums, yes. you know, and, and, you know, and, and I just think that is truly um, an iconic moment for all of us who have brothers and sisters and, mm-hmm. and siblings. So that's great. So, yeah, and yeah. some of my best memories were sitting there, uh, sitting there with him, you know, with the with the radio going because you know you would have that one song that you would hear, and then of course you know the the DJs would have it on spin, you know, every so often they'd play it, you know, three or four times a day, and yeah. just sitting there listening to the radio with him with your finger on the record button to be able to record that song, you know, and absolutely. then you get mad when the DJ would speak, you know? <laughs> so. Yes, absolutely. Did, um, so let's talk live shows. Did you get mm-hmm. to hear some of your uh, Def Leppard and other bands? Did you get to see some of them live, Miranda? I did. I did. I've actually, at this point, uh, I've seen Def Leppard live 13 times. All right. And uh, yeah, the last time I finally actually got to meet them and I haven't gone and bought. Tell me that story. You got to tell uh, me that story. You know, I was, I think I cried a little bit. Um, I I think I'm, I think I'm lucky that I was actually able to speak. Um, you know, I'd been, that's something I'd been wanting to do for a long time because I, I didn't get to see them during their, their heyday because I was so young at that time. But, um, when I did finally get to see them live, I mean, it, it was, it was truly a dream come true. And it was, um, it was a concert with, um, Def Leppard, Poison and, uh, Tesla. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I'm sorry. It was Def Leppard, Poison and Journey. And so, um, so I was really excited about that because that was, that were, those were three of my idols growing up that I really enjoyed listening to. And so, um, of course, Steve Perry was not touring with uh, journey at the time that was after he had left. But I mean, if you closed your eyes, the, the guy that was singing for him, I mean, he just sounded just like him. Yeah. And so, um, so when I finally got to see him, it, it was, it was just truly truly a dream and it really took me back to the days you know when they would fill the arenas and you would see them on mtv and yeah and just just dream of you know being that big haired girl there in the in the audience and so um and i think we even we even actually you know we still we teased our hair up for that concert you know oh, how fun. but um <laughs> we, we had a total blast with it um but then um like i said i saw them 12 more times and i'd been kicking around meeting them and uh, the tickets were just they were just really expensive to to get to do the meet and greet experience Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things with them they always make it worth your while I mean they always have a great swag bag and and 
it's a whole experience in and of itself. And so um, I actually drove down to uh, Birmingham, Alabama with uh, my good friend, uh, Tina Thurman. And so we made, we made a weekend of it and we went down there, got to meet them. And so I remember being shuffled into the line. So we got to take pictures on the stage. We also got to um, go in and I remember standing there and they told us they're like, they're, they're behind this curtain and they had them kind of lined up you really didn't get a lot of opportunity to talk to them, but they're like, you know, okay, whenever you go around, you can shake their hand, speak to them. We're going to take a picture. We're going to take like five pictures. And if any of them aren't looking or they're blinking or whatever, when we're taking the picture, then um, you won't get a copy of that picture. And so I think we ended up getting three pictures with them. And I just remember walking around the corner and I don't think I could hardly speak. Um, it was just, you know, it was just like looking my dream, you know, in, in the face. And so, um, I was just completely on cloud nine. We were in the the second row at that point yeah. and, uh, got to, got to see, um, on that particular concert, it was also journey as well as uh, Def Leppard. It was kind of like seeing them that last time was almost kind of like seeing them for that first time because yeah. they were, they had journey with them Full as well. Circle. Yeah. And, yeah. um, I, I've just in my mind, I've not been able to buy tickets, uh, to them again, because I thought, man, there's nothing that can duplicate that experience that I had of actually finally getting to mm -hmm. meet them. And I was able to get, um, an autograph picture with, with all of them and, uh, which is actually hanging right in here behind me. And yeah. so, um, that, that was probably one of the, the best concert experiences I've ever had. Did you, did you say anything at all to them? Honestly, I can't hardly remember what I said. Okay. <laughs> so, Cause when I was going to yeah. talk to him, I don't think I could feel like I could get my mouth to work. It was like, it felt like I was in there. And then I remember saying to my friend, Tina, I was like, okay, so that really just happened. And she's like, yeah. And cause we went, ended up going in there together and, um, I honestly don't remember what I said. That's that's pretty bad. <laughs> so uh, listeners, jump ahead three minutes because you've heard this story way too many times. Um, so Bruce was coming. Bruce did his autobiography um, several years ago, like 2014. And uh, he, they said, was an excellent author. Like he was everything a publishing house wanted. And um, so he did book tours. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he went to Austin, which is, you know, I'm in Dallas. So, you know, a couple hours down and um, I had just started a brand new job, Miranda. I mean, mm -hmm. barely had been at this job, um, like not even three weeks. And Bruce is going to be in Austin on December 1st. <laughs> and I'm like, how do I ask for my boss to be off. So I, <laughs> I bought the ticket thinking it was only 25 bucks and that got you a signed copy of the book and the meet and greet. Mm -hmm. So I figured, well, if, if I don't go, it's only 25 bucks, you know, okay. So um, we had tons of opening wrecks. I mean, just I run a call center and, mm -hmm. you know, we just had so many openings. So we weren't going out of town for Thanksgiving. So I reached out to everyone who had applied and I said, Hey, 
no big deal. It, it, I know it's the holiday weekend, but if you don't have anything to do, come up to the office on Friday after Thanksgiving and I'll interview you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to get a jump ahead. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, and if you've got holiday plans, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll talk next week. So seven or eight people said yes. And I interviewed. And so on Monday, I'm meeting with my new boss, Joel, and he said, you know, how'd it go? I said, oh, pretty good. I said, I, I ended up interviewing about seven or eight people uh, on Friday. And he said, you spent all day Friday interviewing? I said, yeah, you know, we really needed. Well, man, if you need a day off or something, let me know. (laughs) Well, Joel, (laughs) let me tell you. And so he laughed. He goes, oh, yeah, you've got to go. So I get in my car, you know, December 1st in the morning. And I drive to Austin. And I, unlike you, I, if if you've ever watched The Godfather at the very beginning, where Luca Broxa (laughs) keeps practicing what he's going to tell the Don. Yes. May may it be a masculine child, maybe, you know, that's me. Uh, the whole way down. I'm not listening to music. I'm not listening to Bruce. I'm not listening to a podcast. I am just over and over again. What am I going to say? 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 So uh, I'm in line. It's a, it's multiple hours. You know, the line is incredibly long. It's around the building. And, uh, and all you get is maybe seven seconds. You, mm-hmm. you know, you walk there, they take the photo with your phone. So they don't even have a professional photographer. They've got your phone. Um, and, you know, Bruce shakes your hand and, um, and you don't even get a book. You just, you get it. And then when you, after you see him, they hand you a copy of the book that he had pre-signed. Okay. So, so, so I said, um, you know, Bruce, I spent the last Last year, I spent nine months unemployed, and I listened to Better Days and Land of Hope and Dreams every day, and that's what gave me hope. Thank you for that. I think he might have heard two words of that, because next, <laughs> they're oh. moving on. But I have said this before, and, and my listeners are probably back now, but I've, I've said I needed to say it more than I needed him to mm-hmm. hear it. So, so there is, I got two pictures. I got one of them of Bruce and I both staring out at the camera and it's a good photo. And the other photo is me facing him and uh, I'm talking and my, my unkind friends say, I look like I'm telling Bruce to do something dirty to me. (laughs) (laughs) So... <laughs> uh yes. So uh yeah, so that's the only time I've met him. Um, you know, it counts. I've got a photo. That's um, right. You know, I, I took I photocopied the book, the the page where he signed. I, you know, I I I made a a really high quality photo or picture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had it printed and I printed and I have the two pictures of me on either side of the sign and I had it framed. And so, uh, so that was my memory. That's awesome. And, you know, that's one of the things, and I was, I was having a conversation with a a friend um, just recently about this because, you know, after, after COVID hit and kind of things were going on with the uh, concerts, you know, I, I haven't been to a concert um, since, you know, and so, uh, 
And that's really odd for me because I was going to concerts, different concerts about once a month. Okay. And any opportunity I would get, um, because, because where I'm at now, I'm about two hours from Nashville and about two hours from Atlanta and about two and a half from Birmingham. So really close to where some good venues go, um, or, I mean, where some, some good artists go. And so, um, you know, when having the opportunity, one of my friends was like, would you rather be sitting close in a concert or would you rather do a meet and greet? And of course, you know, it always depends on the, uh, on the artist, but, I like to do the meet and greets if possible. And I've met some amazing artists, but, you know, a lot of the time you get to either go in when they do their sound checks or, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, I would, I would have to say, I met, um, I met Gavin DeGraw, um, a few years back and absolutely loved that because, you know, I grew up playing the piano and, um, and loving that, you know, bluesy soulful sound and you know hearing his songwriting as well as uh the the piano playing um i just absolutely fell in love with him and so um got to do and i think i've seen him about five or six times but i only got to meet him once and just so kind and nice and it was one of the situations where we were kind of hurried through but um got to have you know a short probably five or six word conversation, but, um, you know, but, but just, just very kind to all the fans and stuff. And so any opportunity I get that I'm able to do a meet and greet with, with the uh, artist, I I usually take that over if I had to choose between sitting up close or doing the meet and greet. Who else have you uh, been able to meet? Oh man. Um, I got to meet, um, I got to meet Dorothy, Um, and she, she played a small venue, um, which, you know, she's, you know, chick rock. Mm -hmm. Um, but she was, she was super, super nice. Um, I got to meet Dorothy. I got to meet, um, Gavin DeGraw, um, the Bellamy brothers. Um, one of the, probably one of the nicest ones that I had probably a a fairly long conversation with was, uh, Rory Feek from uh joey and rory sure and um it was not long after his wife had passed Mm. and um he you know he came and it was probably one of the first shows he played after and he the book had just come out and so um he was really kind of doing a talk on his book and then he performed about four songs and so um we got to we got to have our picture taken, get our book signed and, and, and had a, you know, a a pretty decent conversation with him. And he was probably the, the nicest and kindest of all of the uh, artists that I've been able to meet. Mm -hmm. Did, um, who have you not seen in concert that you're hoping to see? Mm. Not seen in concert. Hmm. I would have to say, cause gosh, I have, I've gone to a lot of concerts. Um, hmm. I've not seen, um, like I said, I'm trying to think of who I've not seen, you know, I've not seen, um, I've not seen John Mellencamp, but I don't know if he, 
I don't know if he still tours now, but I've always wanted to see him. He has a new album out that Bruce actually sang on two or three songs. So, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I know he's one that, you know, he's one that I kind of think, think of when I think yeah. of, you know, Bruce Springsteen, because I mean, their, their style with, you know, their uh, songs. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he was probably inspired by, uh, Bruce Springsteen with just, yeah. just kind of that working class hopeful, but middle America rather than, yeah. you know, New Jersey. So I always kind of tend to think of the two interchangeable. And he's one that I've always wanted to see that, uh, I've not seen. Okay. Very nice. Um, any other stories about live shows? Oh goodness. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. Like I said, I have, I've literally for probably, for probably about 20 years, I would go to a concert about every month. Yeah. I just, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, for a while I would, I would, you know, take off when I would go to the show. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, um, I got to the point where I was going so often and if it was on a work night, I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to go. So I have a lot of memories of going to the concerts and, um, you know, getting back at about four in the morning, sleeping for about an hour and then yeah. going in and working. Um, That's I got funny. to see Def Leppard on my birthday and nice. that was really cool. Yeah. They just happened to actually be touring on my birthday. And, um, that's probably one of my second favorite concerts because, you know, you, I went and I, they were, um, Tesla was opening for them as well as, uh, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. And so, um, it kind of felt like it was a, a special birthday. Yeah. Um, that sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, Miranda, how about in the other gig with the paranormal world or maybe in your, as your history, any mm -hmm. brushes with greatness or celebrities in those experiences? No, but you know, I would have to say, I mean, I've met some, some of the different paranormal celebrities. Um, but for me, being able to go to these locations and, and stay inside of that history, you know, yeah. um, I've gone to some of the most haunted places around the country, um, you know, Waverly Hills, the Lizzie Borden house, um, you know, to be able to take the Lizzie Borden house, for instance, you know, she's her, her, her true crime and stuff is, is, uh, very, very well known, but to be in that location and to be able, you know, to touch the doorknobs, to touch the handrails and stuff that, um, these folks touched mm -hmm. to me, that's something that's very special. Um, yeah. you know, my parents, they, like I said, we would go on these trips and stuff every year. And, um, one of the places that they would take us were, were usually like presidential homes or yeah. just some of the different, old historical homes. And so as a kid, you know, hearing the docents or the tour guides talk about the different stories within, within these locations and talk about the hauntings and to be able to go back today and like actually spend the night or go to the places that maybe the general public doesn't necessarily get to go to me, that's something that's, that's really special and exciting to be inside and immersed in that history having that tactile experience yeah do um what uh are there songs or albums that you go to on a routine basis to either help you 
you know, to stay motivated, to help you, you know, um, to give you inspiration, if you find comfort? You know, it, it really changes. Okay. Um, yeah, it really changes depending on what's going on, because, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I use music for so much. I use music yeah. in my episodes, you know, to set the mood. Yeah. Um, I use music whenever I'm going to these locations because, you know, my my thought is I don't like to go in one with a preconceived notion and I don't like to go in feeling anything other and grounded and calm. And so um, the motorcycle helps with that, but it really just Mm -hmm. depends on the location. A lot of the time, a lot of the time, um, you know, when I'm going to some of these places, if I have uh, my videographer traveling with me, or if I'm traveling with a girlfriend, usually what I'll do is I'll look at the location that we're going to and I'll pick songs and kind of, kind of create a mixtape. Yeah. You know, we were going to new Orleans uh, for instance, and we were traveling through, you know, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana to get there. And so um, I sat down ahead of time and I started picking music that um, were related to those States related to what Mm -hmm. we were doing and really just trying to kind of tell a story. And so right. every time I travel, I always make a mixtape for the person who's traveling with me, one, so that they can have like a memento of the trip, but yeah. then also to just, you know, kind of kind of really set the mood for what we're trying to do. And so I really kind of try to base my choices on on that. And um, you know, it's it's just amazing how much a music can 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 affect that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't? Hmm. I think you pretty well covered it. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think so. You know, for for with my show, you mm-hmm. know, um, I tend to, you know, you you've got the stories that a lot of people have heard about, like right. like the Lizzie Bordens and those yeah. sort of things. For my show, I tend to cover a lot of the locations that are a little bit more lesser known. Right. And so um so that way, you know, it it does help to promote the travel, promote the tourism and and to share the story about the particular right. place. And so um you know, that's that's how I really try to set, set that, um, with the show. Um, but as far as, as far as anything else, I, I think you pretty well covered it. Okay. Very nice. I asked that because I, I love telling this story early in the podcast. I was talking to a guy and at the end of the episode, we, we kind of ran through everything and, you know, I said, Oh, you know, I f- finished recording. I turned off the recorder and, I said, oh, thank you for being on me. And he said, oh, well, no problem. Next time I'll tell you about when I got drunk with the E Street Band. Oh, my God. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I I was so shocked. I didn't think to hit record. Like, okay, tell this. So anyway. (sighs) Um, Well, unfortunately, I've not I've not got to see uh, Bruce Springsteen in concert. Um, I would I would love to see him. You know, he's one of those that. Yeah. I really didn't gain as much of an appreciation for him until I really started uh, following Bon Jovi really. Yeah. 
And uh, I know that Bon Jovi is heavily influenced from yeah. um, Bruce Springsteen. And I, I'm finding, you know, that that's how I ended up finding and listening to him. And then I started to find that there were a lot of, of other artists. I mean, he is such an influential yeah. musician. So many people are influenced by him. It's, it's yeah. amazing. And it always, you know, kind of comes back to, to um, his music when you start listening to, you know, some of the, even the more current bands. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he is a great storyteller. Uh, his mm-hmm. latest album, uh, Letter to You, is, is very much about grief and uh, endings and yet beginnings. Um, he tells the story that um, he was in a band in high school called the Castiles. And the, um, the last remaining member of the band passed away. And Bruce realized that he was the only one left. He was the last man standing, which got him thinking about it. And so he has um, the album is Letter to You. Um, I I recommend checking it out. Um, There's a lot of songs about there is a song called Ghosts. And then Mm -hmm. I'll see you in my dreams. It's very much about, you know, that this this how we're our past is with us and that our you know, death is not the end and I'll see you in my dreams is one of the lines in that song. So uh, I I really would love for you to check it out and then let me know like, hey, Jesse, I want to be back on the podcast to talk about this. Yes, Uh, I definitely will. All right. Um, All right. I'm going to have you plug everything in a minute, but I end every episode with the Mary question. And so Mm -hmm. if you are a regular listener of Miranda's uh, show, thank you so much for listening to me. She did you guys so proud. She is amazing. Um, But the Mary question is um, Jay Armstrong, who is an honors English teacher, um, has a new book out called Bedstime Stories for the Living. um, And he is recently retired. Um, But when he was teaching, he would spend two days breaking apart the song Thunder Road. He would look at the lyrics. He would uh, he would share with his students the themes of the song. They would discuss, you know, the metaphors Bruce used. And then at the end of two days, he would ask the question, does Mary get in the car? So, Miranda, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? You know, that that was a tough question. And, you know, I. um, I feel like she does. Okay. But I feel like there was reservation. Yeah. Um, that, uh, you know, there was reservation of it, but that she did do it because for, for several reasons, because, you know, I mean, he's Bruce Springsteen. So yes. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. of course. Um, but I don't know. It just kind of seemed, I don't know, maybe it was the time frame or whatever, but it just kind of seemed like he, just some of the responses or some of the things he said kind of just you know about yeah she's yeah. not too pretty yeah no no it's <laughs> um true. and it just kind of seemed like I don't know I just kind of felt like with her there was maybe some reservation about it but then she does um that but when I went back to listen to it because you know I never really thought a whole lot about it until I really got to listen to it I guess in my mind I just kind of thought she did you know because it's yeah you know, cause that whole album is just really just kind of a story. It seems. Yes, it is. Um, yes. but, um, 
but I, I, I tend to think she did. But once I really kind of started going back and listen to it, I, I kind of felt like there was some reservation there. That is an excellent answer, which is why, thank you. That's why um, I had never thought about that till Jay asked me the question. And I, you know, I was like, what? No, what do you mean? And so it kind of makes for a fun way to end the podcast. So mm-hmm. Miranda, if someone wants to reach you and get more information, what's the best way? So the best way to reach me is under the Ghost Biker Explorations Facebook page or the Ghost Biker Explorations YouTube channel. You can catch up on the all the past five seasons, as well as to uh, see other events that are coming up, as well as different lives that uh, that I have on there. And uh, also the Ghost Biker Explorations um, website, which is www.ghostbikerexplorations.com. If you want to come and uh, check out the historic Scott County jail and do one of our true crime tours or go on a guided ghost hunt with myself and my business partner, Dr. Christy Sumner. You can do that by checking out the historic Scott County jail Facebook page or website at www.historicscottcojail.com. Very nice. I appreciate it. Um, Miranda, this was so much fun. Thank you for staying up late and visiting with me. Uh, I had a blast and uh, I'm now, I, I try to go, if Bruce isn't touring, I try to go to Dragon Con every Labor Day. Yes. Uh, and so I will have to take a veer on my way to Atlanta and stop by and check out the tour and the site and we can break bread together. I so. would absolutely love that. Thank you. All right, listeners, you go find your passion, go ride your ride, visit your sites, do what you need to do, go get vaccinated, go get boosted, and let's all be kind to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. Thank you, Miranda. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. I want and need your feedback. You can reach me multiple ways to tell me what you like or don't like about the show. You can reach out to give me guest suggestions or maybe to join me on the podcast yourself. We're on Twitter at SetLustingBruce or at Jesse Jackson DFW. I have an Instagram, SetLustingBruce or Jesse Jackson DFW. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash SetLustingBruce. Go to patreon.com slash SetLustingBruce to find out how you can support the show and we have several tiers of support please go to your favorite podcast player and hit subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast because that is the way we're going to grow if you're not tired of hearing me speak you can hear me on next stop everywhere the doctor who podcast where charles skaggs and i talk all things doctor who the how many podcast where me and my friends gary scott bob and jr talk pop culture and finally my newest podcast the last best hope for conversation a babylon 5 podcast where karen lou and i are going through the tv show babylon 5 one episode at a time i am always looking for guests so please reach out to me setlustingbruce at gmail.com You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, 
at Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.